Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is oh, we are going. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Penn Gillette. My name is Michael Godot. Penn, Matt, Freddie, Rich, and I are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South. On this week's show, Penn corrects a pronunciation issue for the most proper grammarian on earth, Stephen Fry. We'll talk a little bit more about Obama, and my son is in the backyard hunting flies. Here he is, preaching love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Oh, does that sound like an exciting show? Doesn't oh, it? it does. Preaching, preaching love. I listen yeah. to that show. I would just wish I was listening yeah. instead of being in it. <laughs> That's so good. You know, lean that was back, the thing. buddy. Just lean back. That was the we thing. Uh, that was the thing. Tom Petty. You know, when, when they did the traveling Wilburys in the eighties, oh, yeah. yeah, and it was um, Roy Orbison, uh, George Harrison, uh, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, and Jeff Lynne. And they interviewed Tom Petty. He said, I just want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Petty, very humble, very humble. Yeah. Correct. But that must have been something. You know, when they did the bot when they did the video for the Traveling Wilburys, yeah. uh, Bob Dylan gave them some rule like, I will shoot the video for 15 minutes. He gave them some length of time like that. Yeah, yeah. Because Bob Dylan does not respect um, rock videos very much. No, no. Let's give you 15 minutes. So they asked him at the end if he could, they could have his hat and his jacket. May I take your hat and jacket off? And he said, um, sure. So if you watch the video, I think it's handle, not handling the care, but one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, it's really funny. It's like a 23-year-old sound guy who's wearing <laughs> Bob Dylan's hat with the guitar around and the jacket. And they're com- like coming over his shoulder. To shoot George Harrison and stuff. And it is so clearly not Bob Dylan. That's great. Still, what a great story for that guy, too. Yeah, I was Bob Dylan. <laughs> I got to wear his hat and his coat. <laughs> <laughs> Had that Dylan vibe on it. You know, Fred McMurray. Let's yeah. talk Fred McMurray. Finally. This is the podcast to get it on. Well, you know, I've been I've been avoiding it. I've been saying, you know, when we really need it, we should bring out Fred McMurray. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bring all the listeners together. That's my three sons. Um, There are people who argue that the hippest person who's ever existed in show business is Fred McMurray. Now, for those of us who are in our 60s, we know him as my three sons. Yes. And uh, for those of us who are buffs of film noir, we know him for probably one of the best movies of all time, Double Indemnity. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double Indemnity is a really good movie. And Fred McMurray also um, was a serious jazz cat and played sax. But didn't play sax like, whoa, Fred McMurray's playing sax, but just really sat in and played. Went up there in Bob Dylan's coat and hat so he couldn't see recognize him. <laughs> yep. He really, he really did really play sax and supposedly very well. So uh, Fred McMurray lived life on his own terms. Fred McMurray bought real estate and was wicked rich. And they came to him and said, we want you to do My Three Sons. And he said, no, uh, I do real estate. I do movies now and again. I play sax and I play golf during the day now and again. I, I don't want to do My Three Sons. Right. And they said, we really want you to do My Three Sons. He said, nah. 
So he said, okay, I'll do it on this condition. I'll shoot my three sons for one day a week. So he was doing a weekly situation comedy. He was shooting one day a week. And if you watch my three sons with this in mind, you can see that he, that no one is doing any scenes with Fred McMurray. (laughs) 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 It's all like over the shoulder and and they would shoot the very few scenes that they had to have him in together. Yeah. And they would all pop to close-ups of everybody else. But they managed to shoot it and make it successful with Red Bingbury going out playing sax. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And um, do you find that motivational? Do you think, I could do this one day a week. That'd be perfect. Yeah, the live show. I was thinking I could do it one day a week. Leave your jacket behind. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Penn and Teller show, um, we have gotten so... You know, this is the weird thing. Usually, uh, you know, uh, don't it always seem to go, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another weird thing that happens, which is Teller and I loved doing the show. Yeah. It was a high point of every day. I'd go in and do the show and I absolutely adored doing it. I just really, really dug it. And then the lockdown came and I couldn't do the show for, you know, 421 days. And I didn't feel like I missed it which is the really strange thing. I went into kind of my funk manifested itself as just kind of, okay, I'm just here. That's all right. And I didn't long to go out to dinner with people. I didn't long to be traveling. I didn't long to be doing the show. It wasn't like I felt, but I wasn't also wasn't right. I wasn't right in the head, (laughs) you know. Right. But I I couldn't really put my finger on it. And we came back to the show, and I believe Tony and I both had this experience we didn't feel like we missed it that much, and we always feel felt like we loved it. We came back, and the level that we loved it at was a whole other level. Yeah. We're just so much happier to be on stage than we've ever been, and we were always happy to be on stage. You know, <laughs> and the opening lines of the show now, after we do the, um, the, the musical bit in the beginning with the magic, is I run out and I say, we're really happy to be here tonight. And we've said that over 10,000 times. And every time we've meant it. But now we're really goddamn happy to be here tonight. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just amazing that you usually want to move the dial to bad, but you don't need to. No. You can have had a great time doing shows and now wow, we like it even more. Right. So Teller and I have been so um playful and loose on stage that the other night, um, it just crossed over into stuff we never do. Like, you know, I'm very comfortable saying fucking motherfucker uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And we did bullshit, right? Yeah. And I also did the aristocrats. I am not uncomfortable swearing. But the live show has always been this special little thing where I am very comfortable with blasphemy. Yeah. And never any other swearing. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll mention bullshit now and again, but I don't really use the word shit in the show. Right. And I'll use hell and damn and goddamn it for their blasphemous purposes. But um, I don't believe ever in a Penn and Teller show if I said fuck, right? Right. It just doesn't seem right. And I also don't use shit casually. But now I've been saying in the show, you know, uh, Piff told us to stay with the tried and true material. And that to stay with the war horses, stay with the greatest hits. But 
Tonight we're doing eight brand new bits. And it's not that we don't respect Biff. He's very sagacious. But um, it's just we don't remember the old shit anyway. <laughs> That's the right thing to say there. Yeah. Now, I also use the word sagacious. And um, here's what happened to me. I was on stage talking about Piff, and I was coming up to where I say in the show, you know, Piff, um, uh, Piff is, we, it's not that we don't believe Piff is wise. Somehow, my clouded brain couldn't get the word wise. <laughs> the word wise left me, so I said sagacious. That's a fine fallback. <laughs> Now, really? <laughs> that happens to me now and again, that a simple word leaves me and the uh, more complicated word pops into my head. So Teller kind of looked at me like, what are you talking sagacious? <laughs> and then I said to Piff, I saw him the next night. I said, you know, last night on stage, I called you sagacious. Piff said, fuck you. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it means like a sage. Having the quality of a sage, it means like wise. He goes, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> but um, so uh, I say shit there at the beginning of the show. And then we have this bit, which I think nine, well, you've seen, Matt, because you worked on it. But yeah. uh, Godot hasn't seen it. Uh, and I don't think Reddy's seen it. Where I have memorized a whole uh, 373 orders of decks of cards. And I'm, I do a trick with it. And there's a huge map of the United States. I mean, huge, like 18 feet. Nice. And it's got magnets on it that would stick the decks of cards to so they can name the places. So I have a line in the show, which makes sense and is true. I've memorized 300, because Teller has to go get the decks. He has a ladder and he has to climb up and get the decks. And first few times we were doing it, I was astounded that Teller didn't seem to know where the states were. <laughs> Even generally. <laughs> so the line I was saying was, um, I've memorized the order of 372 decks and tell it doesn't even know where the goddamn states are. <laughs> right? And I've been saying that every night. And I came out one night and I, I, had, to, I had, to, he had, he had to find the deck in Wheeling, West Virginia. Because I knew this particular card was at the right place in Wheeling, West Virginia. So I said, Wheeling, West Virginia. And then I forgot the line, I've memorized 372 decks and tell it doesn't know where the goddamn states are. Forgot that line. That line left my head. And then I saw Teller with the ladder looking for West Virginia <laughs> somewhere near Minnesota. He left the East Coast with the ladder. Yeah. Got pulled by the East Coast. And I had this incredible thing happen, which I love when it happens on stage, when you forget to do the uh, prepared line yeah, and then do the line for real. Yeah. Yeah, okay. of course. So I said at that point, having forgotten the other line, I said, Jesus, I memorized 372 days. I didn't know where the fucking states are. <laughs> <laughs> And the crew went, well, Pen just, you know, dropped the F-bomb on stage, yeah. which he's never done before. And it wasn't where you would do, if you're going to do one fuck in right. your show, it's not where you'd you do save it. save it up. <laughs> it was just that for that moment, I was just not on stage any longer. Right. 
I was just exasperated <laughs> yes. by Teller. I didn't know the fuck. I didn't even. I I I performed it wrong, telling you the story. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was much more casual than that. I memorized three hundred. Jesus, I memorized three hundred seventy days. Don't know what fucking states are. It was like that. Fucking, <laughs> it was like it was. It wasn't even fucking. It was like fucking states. Are Throw away. Just completely like. <laughs> You can get away with you can get away in a New Jersey church with that fucking exactly. <laughs> you just fell into Pendulette for a moment. Hand me, hand me the fucking program. Yeah, <laughs> get the, the fucking hymnal. <laughs> I don't, I don't know greater grace unto God our Lord. Give me the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember greater grace unto God our Lord. I don't remember. I thought I knew. Give me the fucking hymnal, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, no one would flinch once. It, no, no, no. They would just go, yeah, he, does, he doesn't remember. Who, who knows that song? <laughs> um, so I said to tell her, perhaps you should look west of Virginia. <laughs> and not that far west. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks up at the map of the United States like he has never seen those shapes before. <laughs> I mean, this is hysterical to me on many levels, and I've seen it in many rehearsals. He authentically does not know where many states are. Uh, he was a school teacher, right? He taught in high schools, right? But he taught the classics, Latin and Greek. Yeah, yeah. And Latin and Greek do not say, you know, Vesto Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> he has also been a world-class entertainer for four decades. He's traveled for many 50 people. years, been to every state, certainly twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and many people often. Just out of their own, their own, their own little self accomplishment, will look at the map and be like, "Oh, where have I played? And where haven't I played?" And kind of have a general understanding, yeah, of the map of the country they play. I mean, if you took the names off them, <laughs> I'd get pretty fucked up around Idaho, yeah. Montana, yeah. Wyoming. <laughs> I got some trouble in there, but West fucking Virginia. <laughs> you know, you can do Minneapolis, Wisconsin, Illinois. You know those. Texas, Florida, Mississippi, <laughs> somewhere down there. You know all the New England. Those are easy. Yeah. I mean, they're all clustered in there. You just point in the general direction. You got it. Yeah. Right. You know, where's Maine? Boom. It's, it's Rhode Island. Who cares? You're close enough. <laughs> you know, You know, you Rhode Island to Maine is a dick length. You can just, you know, nothing. Uh, and then, you know, California is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Nevada's where we live. Yeah. We've driven to California. We know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you got the uh, Hawaii and Alaska, nothing to it. Yeah. Right? Uh, but Teller looks at the map like he's never seen it before. <laughs> and then he lugs the ladder to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. He knows you got to do a 90-minute show, you know? You only got 86 minutes. <laughs> so then... I got the perfect time filler. I can do this. Watch I don't it. know where states are. <laughs> I can do five minutes on that. <laughs> so then we get later in the show, later in the show, and we do this thing called birthday, right? Where uh, we do a Zoom show for a one person on Zoom that we call up in advance. Mm -hmm. And then a thousand people in the theater watch us do a Zoom show for one person. Right. And we kind of, it's kind of mean-spirited because we show how every Zoom show is done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anybody who sees our show looks back on the Zoom shows they saw magicians do during the, um, during the pandemic yeah. and go, uh, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we predict a cake, right? 
mm-hmm. we predict a cake. So uh, and one of the things we predict on the cake is the number of candles of their favorite year of their grade school. And we also predict um, the, uh, the, uh, their nickname in grade school. Now, the audience in the live theater knows that Teller is creating that cake just off camera. He's going to slide it into me where it's been in plain sight the whole time before. That's the joke, right? You get to see that whole thing. So I asked the guy, what nickname did you have in uh, grade school? And he says, uh, well, his name was Nick. Name was Nick. And he said, uh, my nickname in grade school, well, it was, it was, well, it wasn't a nice word, and it begins with D. And I said, your nickname was Dichlorium Oxide? <laughs> and he says, no. And I said, oh, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. So we go a little further. And he's being very kind because he's not saying the word dick, right? Right. Yeah. So I say to him, what color frosting would you like? Mm-hmm. And he says, cream cheese, white frosting. I said, good, good. And what color icing would you like on there to decorate? He says, white. I said, now I know why they called you Nick the Dick. (laughs) I said, listen, dickhead. White is not going to show up on white, okay? I said, sometimes grade school children are cruel, and sometimes they are merely accurate. (laughs) They're a fine mirror. (laughs) I said, so pick another color. So he did. So then... I don't get to see Teller making the cake, yeah. right? So he picks the color blue. That's the color blue he picks for the icing. And I don't get to see Teller make the cake. He lights the candles. He slides it into the box from the side. Then I pull the box to the center. And I open the box. And there in the box is a number of candles already lit. Nice trick, right? And then on the cake is written the person's uh, nickname from high school, from grade school. So I, I open the box. I pull out the cake to show the audience. So they've not seen the cake. Could tell that they've seen it from the front. Yeah. And I've not seen the cake. I'm the first person to see the cake. And Teller's been over there with his decoration. <laughs> and Teller is drawn a cock and balls. <laughs> 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 the birthday cake. <laughs> for, for his nickname. And I, myself, cannot believe how funny it is. <laughs> and I realize at that moment that there is really nothing funnier than a drawing of a cock and balls. <laughs> I am just helpless with birth. Because now I am charged with the glorious task of tipping this up so the audience can see it. (laughs) Not only the audience, but Nick the Dick. (laughs) So I I tilt it up, and it is, I mean, we do a lot of comedy. And a lot of comedy we do, pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) We're considered pretty good. And we get good laughs. You don't come to our show and go, ah, people didn't laugh very much. They laugh yeah. all the way through. But I tip up that cake. <laughs> they, 
it's it's like you know Robin Williams, George Carlin, and Lenny Bruce are all working together <laughs> right now on stage. They are astounded and filled with mirth. I mean, filled with mirth. I mean, I believe all the problems in their lives have gone away for that moment because they have seen a dick drawn onto a cake. Slapping each other's backs. Oh, out of their minds, yeah. Choking, choking on their own laugh. And Teller says to me after the show, when I said, you drew a dick on the cake, Teller says to me, uh, yeah, he was so slow. Uh, I was drawing the dick, and then he said he picked blue afterwards, and I'd already drawn it, so I just gave him blue balls. <laughs> I said, tell her, you're a genius. Yeah. So he didn't know he was going to surprise you, or he did? He had to know that. He's that matter-of-fact about it, or he knew he was fucking with you? Uh, he was that matter-of-fact. He just thought the guy's nickname was Dick, so he'd draw a dick. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> I would do it thinking like, oh, I'm going to get pen on this one. Yeah. No, gonna laugh. no yeah. sense of that. Oh, I hear the word dick. I can know how to draw that. <laughs> That's all the teller said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You didn't say pink. I thought I said pink. I guess yeah, I misunderstood. Yeah. I'll just, no, you got blue balls. <laughs> Looks a little like Tennessee. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> little like Florida with the balls kind of Mississippi. That's what I should tell teller. Tell her Florida's a dick and Mississippi's the balls. <laughs> Alabama's up around there in the pubic area. Yeah. And you go above, I guess, with that thing. Look around the navel for West Virginia. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be getting better. <laughs> There's no, no learning on the part of Teller. It's just like every night, brand new. Oh, look at this. Look what's on stage. Teller, we designed that. We You went through and... You micromanage the selection of the map. I <laughs> There's nothing worse than being hired to do something that highlights your greatest weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I, uh, I've always, since I, had, since I had nuns teach me at Holy Cross, uh, horrible penmanship. Really bad penmanship. Always got bad notes. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And then uh, hired to do Wayne Brady's show. Wayne Brady's show opened with the audience yelling out SAT words and me writing them on a pad so he could wrap them. <laughs> and when I got hired to do the show, I was like, this is great. My biggest break. I mean, what, what, what greater can you get as an improviser than doing Wayne Brady's show uh, live on stage at the Venetian? It was awesome. And then every night started with absolute anxiety and terror. And every night I got made fun of for my ability to spell large <laughs> words and my terrible penmanship. <laughs> I was like, the nuns were right. I should have worked harder. I worked yeah, harder. yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I, I have had um, moments in our show where I have to write on a chalkboard you know when we did um, oh yeah yeah surveillance Pass yeah yeah surveillance a password thing and i'd have to write and it was i would finish writing the word and then i couldn't read it <laughs> i mean it would just be strictly memory yeah strictly memory and i'm now doing my spanish homework yeah. you know and i uh i do it in pencil and then i i photograph it and i send it to my teacher i send it to amy in uh Turin, Italy, which yeah. is where your Spanish teacher should live. Sure. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I look at it when I look at the picture I'm going to send her, and I go, geez, I, I don't know if she's going <laughs> to. It doesn't look like this is a language. It yeah. doesn't look like this is anything. Also, doing my Spanish homework, I'm now doing stuff where I have to listen 
to conversations at regular speed in Spanish. Yeah. Not like the Duolingo stuff. No, I know. This is stuff like at restaurants. It's bad. And I have to say, and while I'm listening, have you had this experience? While I'm listening, I say to myself, I don't think I understand English. (laughs) I think if I heard English at this speed in a restaurant, there's no way I'd understand it. (laughs) Yeah. The way the words run together and stuff, do I understand English? Mm. I don't think I do. And then I have to pull up like a video that has English in it and go, oh, yeah, I do understand. But even when they run together and stuff, I hear the separate words. Whereas when I'm listening to Spanish, I have no idea. Just one one word. The two fastest languages. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Spanish and Japanese. Mm -hmm. You know the illusion that they're talking faster? Not an illusion. They actually do. Mm. Those are the two fastest languages. Yeah. They speak very quickly. And the fastest speaker, I believe, Guinness Book of World Records, in a public, major public speech, was John F. Kennedy. He got going. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got, he got he doing that Boston thing. And, <laughs> um, right yeah. Leaving out letters, that's cheating. <laughs> that's cutting the corners. But boy, <laughs> uh, I do pretty well on the written stuff right. in Spanish. I'm getting that pretty well. Of course, this isn't special for me. It's true for everybody. Everybody that learns a language, it's that listening, even generating it, yeah. isn't that terrible. Right. But listening to them talk at a regular speed, like, you know, I talk to Hondro every week for 90 minutes. Right. And uh, I'm getting good enough now that Hondro starts getting comfortable. And when Hondro gets comfortable <laughs> and just starts talking Spanish, yeah. it's terrifying. Well, that's a that's a, a something you will want to... Uh, practice not speaking well because when you get somewhere and you ask a question and it sounds like you know what you're talking about they're going to give you the real answer and you don't want the real answer (laughs) you want la doigt à gauche (laughs) you know you don't want them to give you the you know where's the bathroom well the bathroom's up the stairs and down the hall you want them to point (laughs) yeah 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 well, I'm still, you know, Godot, we should keep uh, asking on uh, on Sunday school. There must be somebody in uh, in uh, Vegas who, uh, and I'm trying to learn uh, Castilian Spanish. Yes. I'm trying to learn Spanish Spanish. But there must be someone in uh, in 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 Vegas who is a native Spanish speaker. Mm-hmm. And I think we we're okay with Latin America if it has sure. to be. But our first choice would be Spain, yeah. who would want to maybe once a week. Be taken out to coffee, right? You know, take them for nice coffee, sure, expensive coffee. We'd give them like a here's a, like a fifteen dollar budget for coffee and a snack. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. You get a muffin out of the deal as well. Sure, maybe a coffee m- and a muffin, two muffins, two coffees, and we'll give you a seltzer on the side. We'll go to like some place, some place nice. Go to a nice place, <laughs> even nicer than start like Sambalate. Sambalate. Yeah, Sambalate. We'll That's go to fun. we'll go to, we'll go to we'll take you to Sambalate because Sambalate almost has a Spanish feel to it, yeah. although it's not. It's Italian, but Sambalate. But if somebody wants to get in touch with what what is what is the uh, email here? Questionpen at gmail dot com. If there's someone who really does speak Spanish and would like to talk to slowly, pen, <laughs> slowly to Pen and Godot. Yeah. Like once a week at Samba Latte and on me, on me. And I'm going to tell you this right now, order everything, anything you want, anything you want <laughs> during the checkout, the impulse buy, 
Yeah. You want a chocolate bar, a little bit of gum? Yeah. Put in your pocket. You don't even have to eat it all in front of us. Flan. If you want a flan to take home. <laughs> sure. Souvenir mug. Uh, well, that's we'll negotiate. <laughs> oh, God, you ruined everything. I'm immediately reminded of the American Sign Language interpreter that was faking it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, mug. But you've got to really speak Spanish, okay? <laughs> we'll have a little Spanish club. That would be fun. I would enjoy that. Doesn't have to be just one person. If there's more than one person wants to come. And uh, Gudo and I'll sit there and talk Spanish with you. Yeah. But I don't want to talk to you. No. Because if you and I talk to each other in Spanish, we will end up creating our own language. Yes. That no one else understands. Yeah. We don't want to do that. So we want to have some, you know, people that actually speak Spanish with us. Also, I'm so relieved, you know, because um, Andro and Amy both teach me. And then when I listen on TV... I am always relieved when the people on TV speaking Spanish say the same stuff Hondro and um, and uh, Amy teach me because I think they could be lying to me. <laughs> and I thought I was just being um, unreasonable. And then Hondro told me a funny story mm -hmm. um, that uh, showed me I need to be scared of Hondro, very frightened by Hondro. Because Hondro said, and I forgot the exact joke, so I'll make one up, but Hondro said that he had a friend of his that was Spanish and a magician, and they were doing a show together in England. And his friend spoke no English whatsoever and said, since we're going to be working there, I would like to uh, speak a little bit of English. I'd like to be able to greet people. And Hondro said, no problem. I'll teach you that. Oh, yeah. So Hondro <laughs> taught him that to greet somebody in the morning, you say, give, give, me, give me a muffin right now. <laughs> Which is so much funnier than, you know, I fucked that duck in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, the instinct is for curses, but demanding action of someone is really funny. <laughs> muffin right now and like bright eyed and hello and <laughs> give me a muffin right now <laughs> so but i don't think that was what he actually said i forgot what it was but that's the one i made up to fill in for it nice i think that's a good one give me a muffin right now <laughs> <laughs> better than anything like may i smell your sneaker yeah right. yeah yeah because you uh, speak a person who spoke english and was from spain it was rude might actually say that. No, to accidentally go tell someone else to do something, I would miss that joke opportunity entirely. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, we like, didn't. It's yeah, not we on you at all. all. We that, taught like, them all none of your fucking business. You'll say something you think is a greeting, and that person might spring into action instead of saying something <laughs> back. Is really funny. Yeah, and then they bring you a muffin. <laughs> <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about a few things. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Other than you? Other than you? Well, yes. That's, that's about, it's about other people that okay. have trouble here. Huh. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. I tried it. I liked it. 
BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. I didn't need to. My counselor was fabulous. But if you do, you can change. Um, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You visit their website, read the testimonials. This is really being able to talk to a professional about what's going on and really get some real help. This is not just, you know, like self-help jive, okay? This is really someone who knows what they're doing. And the way to do that online, it's really better than going in live. It really is. Visit betterhelp.com slash pen. That's better H-E-L-P and join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, which Teller wouldn't know where those were. So um, <laughs> it's really, really, it's really, really good. You know, because you want to talk to somebody, you can talk on text, you can talk uh, on uh, on video, you can talk audio, they'll get back to you very, very quickly. It's a really good way to do it. The podcast is sponsored by Better Help, and Penn Sunday School listeners get up to 10% not up to get 10% off their first. I'm so used to people jiving in commercials that I, that I was just naturally jiving. Listeners get 10% off their first month, the first whole month at betterhelp.com slash pen. Beautifully done. Now, this is a new thing. We get this new thing coming in. We got a new one coming in. And I've tried this. I've tried this. Um, uh, imagine how much easier writing would be if you had an expert on call to take a look at drafts whenever you needed them to. WordTune can be exactly that writing partner for you in digital form. No need to waste precious time agonizing over the perfect sentence. With WordTune, you can hit deadlines on time every time. I got to tell you, have you used this, Godot? I have. It's pretty great, isn't it? I love it. I love it. I'm going to show you the one that I did the other day, see what it says about it. My my sentence that I wrote is, I am a monkey, period, can, period, you help me get a job. And then uh, WordTune changes that into an intelligible, reasonable sentence. So it says, uh, uh, you can help me find a job even though I'm a monkey? <laughs> Could you help me get a job since I'm a monkey? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really seems to understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, I took a, a hunk of my journal, which, right. I, which I'm not going to read to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff is actionable. Um, I took like, like a long, long, like a full page right. of my journal, and I put it into WordTune, and uh, I asked it to uh, make it formal, right? which was really wonderful. I went through, and I, it gives you like, for every sentence, it gives you like six choices yeah. to make it more formal. I then wanted to make it longer. It did that. It made it more casual. It did that. It made it shorter. It did that. And the choices were really smart. It's not like, you know, throwing a thesaurus into a, you know, chipper shredder. It really does. Like I said, it, it seems to understand what your point is. Yeah. It was well, based on AI. Right. And there's some There's some really smart stuff going on in there. Your writing impacts how people view you, and it can shape your future prospects. That's why it's important to write as well as possible. Uh, we had a, well, I had a great time with it. I'm going to use it. You know, sometimes I'm going to run some emails through it and stuff, because once in a while, most of the time, you know, uh, uh, people know who they're dealing with. Yeah. You know, 
But sometimes I need to write something a little more formal. Yeah. This would be very, very useful. Yeah, it makes stylistic changes and suggestions that are really valuable. It really is. It's really, really good. WordTune, WordTune is the name of this thing, works anywhere you're working online. Google Docs, Slack, uh, uh, Outlook Web, WhatsApp, and more. You can just cut and paste anything, mm-hmm. too. My listeners can try WordTune for free at wordtune.com slash pen. Get help writing your emails, reports, presentations, resumes, blogs, etc. Get that today. Go to w-o-r-d-t-u-n-e dot com slash p-e-n-n. Got that right. Boy, you guys are getting good. You guys are getting good. I'll have to replace you in no time. Are you looking for a way to stay connected with loved ones? This is another one you're an expert at, right, Kudo? It is, yes. I bought a skylight frame for my wife. Yeah. And uh, she has it in her office, and she has pictures from everybody, because she gave the address to everybody. Mm-hmm. And she has pictures rotating through that are really fun. You gave one to your father. I gave one to my dad, yeah, and send him photos all the time. I just sent him one. Uh, I caught a horn toad a couple weeks ago and sent him a picture of me holding a horn toad. <laughs> Now, they just say to like people- Like you said, a lot of creeps get a hold of your address and send you weird stuff. Like I said, <laughs> if you get a skylight frame, does not mean you're going to get a picture of someone you're related to holding a horn toad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not included. Not included. You don't necessarily get you that. You can only wish. You might You might also get things you'd like. Um, you know, uh, if, if, you're, if you're, your mother or your grandmother or grandparents or father live far away- it's a great way to keep connected, you know. If they've got grandchildren, they don't get to see that often. Boom! You just lay. You just lay that. Did you give one to your? Did you I gave one to my dad, and I was just home visiting, first time in years, and got to see the skylight frame in action. It is awesome, and I got to see who I'm competing with. I got to see how many how many my brothers are sending him versus mine, and uh, I was pretty impressed with with the amount of pictures I'd sent my dad. Did a good job. But it's a really nice, big, beautiful frame. It's yeah. right there on his desk. It's great. It's a great gift for someone who has a birthday coming up, someone who just had a baby, or even yourself. Anyone can send photos to the frame in just seconds if you give them the address. That's an important thing. So it's a great way to keep in touch with the friends and family. It's effortless to use. The setup takes less than 60 seconds. Both your dads are able to do it. Yeah. Miraculous. Uh, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You don't love your skylight. They offer you a full refund. You can tap the heart button and let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. Uh, it's really great. We're, we're all using it here. We love Skylight Frame so much, we're offering our listeners 10 bucks off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code PEN. That's right. Get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code PEN. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T. F-R-A-M-E dot com, and the code is P-E-N-N. God damn, you guys are getting good. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're losing. We're losing that quality we used to have of gross incompetence. Gross incompetence. Yeah. Gross incompetence. So uh, I finished the Obama book. Did you? And I'm going to talk about that some. But I started the Stephen Fry uh, Mythos book. Right. Which is Stephen Fry talking about all the myths. Yeah. Right? And I love... Stephen Fry driving me to work and back is fabulous. And he's going through all the muses. And he talks about the muse of Calliope. Okay. Uh-huh. And says the muse of Calliope. Now, first of all, if you don't know Stephen Fry, you should know uh, 
now that Christopher Hitchens is dead, yeah. best spoken person alive. Right, yes. Most yeah. literate man ever. Yeah, <laughs> and speaks beautifully. Stephen Fry is just wonderful. I just adore him. And uh, I love hearing his, his recorded books. I mean, he did, he did all the Harry Potter. Yeah. He did all the Sherlock Holmes. He's very, very good at audiobooks. So he's reading about Calliope, he's talking about Calliope, and says that this is one of the muses that's kind of forgotten, and now is only used as the name of the steam-powered organ at the carnival. You know? Mm-hmm. And he talks about steam-powered organ at the carnival being the Calliope. <laughs> and I get to write to him, because when you were with Ringling, I know. how'd you pronounce Calliope? It is Calliope. <laughs> it is Calliope. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the carnival, it's a Calliope. They say Calliope. <laughs> and uh, I thought maybe it was one of the old boss clowns fucking with me. Right. So I looked it up on the web, and Riverboat, people who play Calliope, call it Calliope as well. Uh, and I know that um, that uh, my friend AJ, who was... Uh, a fuckling, you know, born in the carnival, raised yeah. in the carnival. Um, he always called it Calliope. Mm. And I thought maybe it was a way to just show that you were with it for it and never against it, you know, that you were with it, that you were a carny person. Yeah. And they just mispronounced it on purpose just so that uh, other people would feel like outsiders. But Calliope, you knew that, right? Yeah. But only from us, right? Yeah. And I think, uh, is, is it Harry Connick? Somebody like calls for the Calliope in one of their songs or something like that and as a kid i didn't know what that word was looked it up it was calliope and then only recently a friend of mine named their daughter calliope and i really that was right i had to really do some research and figure things out <laughs> yeah well i believe everybody says calliope yeah everybody says calliope i believe that's the proper pronunciation but i love the fact telling stephen fry that calliope was correct but once he started talking carnival motherfucker you go to Calliope. Yeah. And I thought it would have been a nice little wrinkle in Stephen Fry's book if Stephen Fry really did know everything, mm-hmm. which he knows everything except <laughs> Yeah, we found Calliope. one mistake he's made in his life. <laughs> and let's po- poke him right there in that spot. And I've uh, now told him. So it, and you had to call him and tell him? I, I didn't call him. I wrote him an email. Oh, okay. I wrote him an email that said, uh, it's uh, Calliope, you stupid, uneducated motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> smarty smarmy english good fella. Book, though? what's that good book oh I, well, I never understood the greek god stuff you know i mean i don't really care about it but stephen fry's voice is so great and he puts in you know stephen fry does this thing that um that good comedians and lay people cannot do and that is make a in a s- serious subject make a really good joke every 15 minutes. Mm, I believe yeah. that's the hardest thing to do. That's really, really hard. Because you get in this jokey mode and you start writing like a situation comedy. Yeah. And I do not like it when people talk like situation comedies, you know? I like to have the joke spread out. And when you get a really good one, hit it. And Stephen Fry does that. He'll be telling you the history of the Greek gods coming in and he he's explaining it and he's talking and talking and talking and then all of a sudden a real laugh out loud belly laugh that breaks out of it for a second and then right back into it and it's not ever desperate not you sniffities <laughs> <laughs> no and it's not like every single time the gods are fucking right he makes some you know makes some fucking joke right he just does it you know it's it's uh 
It's pretty wonderful. You know, he's talking about how how good looking Zeus is and how attractive Zeus is. Everybody looks at him, and uh, and how his his looks are so are so perfect that it's painful to gaze upon. And Stephen Fry says that's why some of us will avert our gaze occasionally just <laughs> to give people a little break. <laughs> no joke anywhere in there does it break out of it hits that really hard <laughs> takes you a moment to say oh he's saying that oh yeah he's saying he's good looking as soon i see <laughs> so that was uh that was exciting to write i haven't heard from him back oh maybe he's so pissed off <laughs> it's over <laughs> you know i never found out maybe i mean because i've never corrected stephen fry on anything maybe he just does not take it well at all <laughs> Maybe that would the, be the greatest thing ever. The end of our friendship. <laughs> back, fuck you. And by the way, that's pronounced fuck you. <laughs> or maybe from he, his agent. <laughs> maybe maybe he had an argument with the person he's recording the book with as to like whether he should change the pronunciation for the sake of uh, the thing. And they went back and forth. So it was just forwarded. It was just forwarded to the next guy <laughs> with fuck you, read this. Well, you know, you know, my my favorite ad lib of all time. I mentioned this on the show. Which is Stephen Fry's ad lib? My favorite, and I, Jonathan Ross told me about this as the greatest off the top of the head ad lib in history, mm. and um, I wrote about it in my book. And Jonathan Ross told me, and it was Stephen Fry. And I wrote to Stephen Fry and said, "You had to have that loaded, right?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know. I think yeah. I know the story. You know that I when, don't think so. You had to have it. Loaded. I, mean, I must have read it, but and he said, uh, "No, I didn't have it loaded." I said, you made this up on the spot. And Stephen Fry said, yes, I, I do my best to please. <laughs> I said, I just can't believe it. They were talking on a primetime English television show about words, and the word countryside came up. Countryside. Someone else brought it up. He, he couldn't have had a two set up. <laughs> and Stephen Fry said instantly, he said, countryside, isn't that the killing of Pierce Morgan? <laughs> countryside. Countryside, the yeah. killing of Pierce Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> now, first of all, it takes a full two seconds to get yeah. that joke. Full two seconds to get that joke. To create that joke in your head and then have Pierce Morgan as the perfect choice. I talked to Pierce Morgan about this. Yeah. Pierce Morgan, not pleased. <laughs> but i said to him there must be some some joy in being part of the greatest ad lib in history <laughs> i mean and on top of that the show in england was pre-recorded going out during prime time using the c word in a joke yeah and uh jonathan ross said that the network over there with BBC, I believe it was on, said, it's so good, let's just send it out. <laughs> Which I can't see an American company doing. No, 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 no not at all. You tried doing the countryside joke. No. <laughs> you know, I was, I was really proud of myself. I was on a show with, um, with uh, uh, Andy, uh, Andy Richter. Okay. Andy Richter had a cooking show, right? Yeah. And I was on there, and they were talking about- good, I hope that's the title of it. <laughs> Andy Richter had a cooking show. 
<laughs> it was like a party show. People mm -hmm. gathered together. There were a bunch of people around. And uh, uh, it was Andy Richter, and I was there, and I was couldn't believe this was being set up for me. Someone said um, chickpea, and someone said garbanzo bean. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, and someone actually said, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited, I, I almost choked on my tongue. <laughs> I said, well, uh, I've, never, uh, I've never paid $500 to have a garbanzo on me. Yeah, care about the bean on me. What's that? A garbanzo bean on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garbanzo bean on me, and um, took a beat. Yeah, and then they got Sugar. a full uh, got a full laugh. Yeah, and then people said to me afterwards, "You just made that up on the spot." <laughs> Stephen Fry claims countryside. Yeah, just nice. popped into his head. How can that pop into your head? How can you be that smart? I, uh, a Foolis uh, contestant was being uh, uh, doing their, ba their background package, and I popped in to say hello to this contestant that I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, and in there, someone brought up jelly or jam, peanut butter and jelly, or peanut butter and jam. Uh huh. And then uh, literally someone goes like, what's the difference between jelly and jam? And I looked <laughs> around the room and bit my tongue and said nothing. Really? <laughs> so I was Put like, joke onto the truck. two people, there are two people here who would appreciate me coming home, taking this home. And there are two people in here I don't know that well. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing a, a recipe for, uh, for Ray, for one of Ray's things, and talking about the difference between uh, sweet potatoes and yams. And the last line in is, and next week we'll talk about the difference between garbanzo beans and chickpeas. <laughs> It's great to do the joke and not do it. It's really fun. So you were afraid that if you said it's 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 how the preserves are strained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I have an altar boy twist on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got uh, where we were working on our uh, video game. Yeah, um, someone did that joke. Um, and uh, I can't jelly my cock up your ass. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is the joke. Yeah. Uh, they did that. They did that joke. And that set us off. We were working on writing Smoke and Mirrors, our video yeah. game, with, uh, with Barry right. and uh, Teller and me in a room and a couple other people. And that set off a half hour discussion <laughs> of preserves, <laughs> jelly, jam, marmalade. Yeah. Ooh. And research and discussion <laughs> on all of those. And it's pretty fascinating. It but, is. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say as an altar boy, a priest didn't jelly his dick up my asshole. I see. I see. <laughs> and then compote. Yeah, now we're getting real. Now we're getting crazy. Compote, compote <laughs> preserves jelly, jam, marmalades. Once you're a compote, you could almost drift right to soup and gumbo. We're really, really, <laughs> <laughs> and stew. Oh, oh God, and gazpacho. <laughs> my son is was fascinated a while ago on the lines between um sandwich that you can call almost anything a sandwich yeah 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 very disturbing well, my son is furious about this because if if something comes on a round bun it's a burger oh, that's, that's his that's his line and because we were trying to s save a stray dog i said run to mcdonald's to get a burger and come on back and he came back with something that was a, a chicken sandwich but round. <laughs> so I told you to get a burger. He said, well, th this is a burger. It's round. <laughs> I remember in New York, I had a friend, Chris, who would call it 
Let's go to McDonald's and get a hamburger sandwich. Yeah, well, like, Mac, oh. Mac, Mac King does that. Oh, I want a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Drove us crazy. Drove us nuts. I love it. <laughs> Every time I say burger or hamburger, I regret that I have not said hamburger <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> I regret. It's, uh, it's a very good thing. Hamburger yeah, sandwich, yeah. Hamburger sandwich. <laughs> well, you know, the whole idea, burger is going to go away from beef anyway. Yeah. With the impossible burger and so on. It's uh, Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. We don't even know what it means now. Maybe it just means ketchup and mayonnaise now. <laughs> yeah, I think around around cooked the subject on a round just bun. Just stick with the round bun, yeah. yeah. I got to tell you though, my favorite burger of all time was the Friendly's Big Beef Cheeseburger. <laughs> and still if given a choice, I prefer my hamburgers on toast. Oh, right. So I like my hamburgers square. Mm. I like okay. a round patty on square toast, like whole wheat toast with mm. mayonnaise, ketchup, and a burger patty, my favorite thing. Yeah. Huh. I like that very much. I don't like a big bun <laughs> trying to get your mouth around it. I want it a little more small. You're just going wild with the mime. We weren't saying giant buns. <laughs> well, you know, some... When you, when you go to like a place like, what's that place that everybody likes and I don't like? Cheesecake Factory. No. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, proudly not a sponsor of Penn Sunday School. <laughs> they make, you know, the hamburger is, it's just, uh, yeah. they think to be fancy, what you do is puff up your bun. Yeah. And we all know the true fancy people do not puff up their bun. Yeah. <laughs> if you walk with a little confidence, don't puff your bun. Don't puff your bun. Don't puff your bun. Don't puff your bun. Now, speaking of puffing your bun, you went back You went back to Jersey. Yeah, I had to puff my bun. But we're going to talk about that on the Wednesday show. Okay. Because for right now, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And to You become naked. Now, if you can't find a title for this show, out of that show, I mean, you've got dicks on cakes, you've got countryside, you've got Pierce Morgan, the killing of Pierce Morgan. You got puff up your bun. You got a hamburger sandwich. I'm going with puff up your bun. <laughs> Oh, we love you. You got someone to thank there, Matt Donnelly? Yeah, the following people have never puffed their buns. This is Petty Officer Scoop. Daniel, please ask Penn to call me a fucking beautiful idiot. Fucking beautiful idiot? Daniel, said Daniel. Daniel, you fucking beautiful idiot. <laughs> Nicole Martin, Matthew Roush, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Brian and Michelle Laddle, Music Man, Larry XGD Falcon Latouf, Jamie Thrasher, Rachel Hawkins, Mark Smith, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke. Mark Hauser, Doug Hirschberger, Jeremy Davidson, Robin Garnett, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R. 2022, and Winter Wiakowski. Thank you. Thank you.